I find myself in an interesting time in my ministry with our congregation. Having announced my retirement for the end of June, I find myself in a season of doing things for the last time. So a few months ago, the last Christmas Eve services, the last season of Lent together with you. Earlier this week, uh, I went down to Tijuana, Mexico to be with our house building teams for the last time. The last Holy Week together and today the last Easter services and my last Easter sermon to you. And realizing that this is the last time has me thinking about what is it that I deeply want to share with you? What is it that I deeply want to leave with you? Now the challenge of preaching an Easter sermon is always that the good news of Christ's resurrection is so good, so good. And the love of God that is shown in the resurrection of Christ, the love of God for us is so profound with such possibilities to be life-changing that words are never enough. Words are never adequate to express the goodness of this good news, this love of God toward us that we celebrate in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank God for Easter music, which lifts our souls up into that goodness, because words themselves are never enough. And yet I do find that there are things that I want to share with you, that I want to leave with you. In our scripture reading from 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul writes that I handed on to you as of first importance that which I in turn had received. I hand it on to you as of first importance. We want to talk about the really important things today. If, if the scriptures are true, if the scriptures are accurate about Jesus being raised from the dead, then that has to be the most important thing that we could ever know or respond to. And on the other hand, if it's not true, then it would be important that we also know that as we seek to figure out how we're going to live this life that we have on the earth. So this is about things of first importance. I think it's also about things that are deeply personal. We're talking about the love of God for each one of us. And that love is always, always personal between God and you. 
So very important and deeply personal. As I read the scriptures, and as I think about what I want to leave with you, it seems to me that there are three amazing gifts that God offers to us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Deeply important, deeply personal gifts. Gifts for us to receive and rejoice in. There are three of them. The first one is forgiveness. The second one is the invitation to live a life in relationship with the risen Christ. And the third one is the promise of eternal life. Forgiveness, the invitation to relationship with Christ, and eternal life. Those first disciples whom Jesus appeared to, it seems to me that his appearing to them in resurrection had to be first and foremost an experience of forgiveness. Paul mentioned several of them in this passage. He mentioned Cephas. We normally call him Peter. And you remember Peter. Peter was the one who wanted to be deeply loyal to Jesus, who wanted his life to be filled with courage and integrity in his loyalty to Jesus. He's the one who said, though everyone leave you, I will not leave you. I will die with you before I would leave you. That's who he wanted to be. And you remember what he did. When the crisis came, he is the one who said three times, I do not know him, I'm not one of his, I have nothing to do with him. And then the scripture says he went out and wept bitterly. Men in that culture didn't weep any more than men in this culture do, but he went out and wept bitterly. He could not stand what he had done. And the scripture says on Easter morning when Jesus was raised, one of the first people that Jesus sought out was Peter. It seems to me that that had to be an experience, first of all, of forgiveness. Paul also mentions James, not James the disciple, but James the brother of Jesus. James, the one that the Gospel of John says didn't believe in Jesus, rejected Jesus, thought Jesus had lost his mind. That James. And when Jesus died, can you imagine the regret? Can you imagine the um, family baggage, the unfinished family business when his brother died? And Jesus sought him out after the resurrection. It had to be an experience of forgiveness. And the Apostle Paul himself, I believe it. I take his word for it when he says, I am not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He was a hard 
man, harsh, brutal, hard-hearted toward the suffering that he was causing for followers of Jesus. But Jesus sought him out after the resurrection. It had to be an experience of forgiveness. And what Paul himself says about it is, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I am who I am. Paul writes, I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins. It's about forgiveness. We don't have to talk theologically about sin today because you know <clears throat> the places where you fall short in your life of who you've wanted to be or who you think God wants you to be. I know the things that I regret. We all know the things that if we had them to do over again, we would do them differently or we're afraid that we wouldn't do them differently. We all know the damage that we've done. Human beings long to be rid of that. They long to hear the words, your guilt is taken away, your sin is forgiven. This is the first great gift to us, and very personal gift to us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The experience of forgiveness, that we can go on, that we can be someone new because of Christ rising, the one who has the authority to forgive all things, forgives us. That's the first gift, the resurrection to us, the first thing I'd love to have you take with you from this sermon. The second is this invitation to be in relationship with the living Christ. If Christ were dead and buried, if he had not been raised, it would not be possible to live in relationship with Christ. But because he is alive, because he does promise to draw near, in fact, he promises never to leave us or forsake us, we can enter into new life in Christ. And so, again, Peter, when Jesus comes to him in resurrection, Peter becomes a new person. He lives into the person that he wanted to be. He becomes deeply loyal, full of integrity, unto death. James, the brother who rejected Jesus, he becomes the shepherd of the Jerusalem congregation. James the just, they called him. Faithful again unto death in loyalty to Jesus. Paul himself this one who had been so harsh, so brutal, now willing to receive harshness, willing to receive brutality, if only people would come to understand the love of God for them in Jesus Christ. The second gift, this invitation to live in relationship with the living Christ, means that we do not have to go through life unaccompanied, we don't have to figure it all out for ourselves. We don't have to um, rely just on our own resources. 
that somehow the presence of Christ can draw near to us. We can be inspired by the presence of Jesus. We can be strengthened by it. The spirit of Jesus can, in fact, be in us, and we can be new and different people living the accompanied life with the presence of the Savior who loves us, with us all the time. And the third gift is the promise that we will not die. You will not die. You will not die. But you will live. Jesus said, I was dead, and now I am alive forevermore. Because I live, you also will live. In our scripture today, Paul refers to 500 people that Jesus appeared to in resurrection at one time, and he says, most of them are still alive, though some have died. But that translation isn't quite right, because literally, he says, but some have fallen asleep. We won't call it dying. We fall asleep, and the living Savior comes to wake us up. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples when their friend Lazarus died? He said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I go to wake him. I think perhaps that of all the people sitting in this room today, I may think about <coughs> dying and what happens when you die, and my own dying uh, more than most because I do memorial services for people. And I think about these dear and cherished people that we love who have died. Where are they now? What's happening to them now? So I actually think about it quite a bit, and I have concluded, friends, that we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear in death. We will not die but we will live in Jesus Christ. And that means that we can live lives that are freer, that are more generous toward the people around us, that are um, more willing to risk for goodness in this world. Because death is not the end of things. The one who died and rose again, the one who has authority over even death says, you will not die, but you will live. Three amazing, deeply personal, very important gifts that the resurrection of Jesus gives to us. And the word receive is all over this scripture that Paul has written. I received it, I pass it on to you for you to receive it, and you pass it on to others. Somehow we are invited to open our souls, open our spirits again. Receive these gifts. Jesus said to his disciples in one of his resurrection appearances, he said to them, or he asked them, do you now believe because you have seen me? 
And then he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. We are among those who have not seen. We were not there. And yet the evidence of things unseen is all around us. The evidence of the lives of these people written about in the scriptures, how their lives changed so dramatically. And more than that, the evidence of people all around us now. Uh, the evidence of your own experience of life with God already. The evidence of things not seen is all around us. That the scriptures are true. That Christ is raised from the dead. And therefore, we have these three amazing gifts from God. Now, tell me what they are. What are the three gifts? Come on, tell me. Forgiveness, yes. The accompanied life relationship and the promise of eternal life. Those three things. Amazing gifts from God to us on Easter. May we live into the joy of those gifts this day. They are gifts of God for the people of God. Let us join in prayer. Lord, the good news of your resurrection and your life with us is so good. Stick into our hearts and minds and our very souls, deep within us, these gifts of your love that we might live as forgiven people, as people accompanied by your presence through all of life, as people who have no fear of dying, for we will not die, we will live with you. We pray in the name of Jesus, our risen Lord. Amen.